December 29, 2020. It's a lot from Pedro's show.
Live from Pedro Show. Happy Tuesday. Uh, you can hear my guests. I'm not man alone, people. We start off the show with Nature Boy from the Lost album, John Coltrane, and then uh, Cinnamon, Cinnamon, Mum, Parent, Griffin Oxalon. Don't go to bail you out, Mike. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think you're thinking of cinnamon and Parthenoxalon. Yeah, exactly. Really That's the name of the I wrote two. The song, so I already know. I, I practice how to say it, so it's. Uh... Yeah, right. <laughs> and people, you can hear my guess right there. Uh, uh, Ultra Boar, uh, you're talking to me from the city, right, San Francisco? That's right. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, people, if you look there, 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 that's what people call it. Even though there's a lot of towns, that one is the city. <laughs> and uh, we, uh, Yeah, no one here calls it Frisco. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> I learned that about 40 years ago. <laughs> uh, and it's pretty bitchy because it's, he's not just calling me from his pad, but this is where he records his drums, <laughs> too, because of this current situation. See, you see what you do, people, in the... Uh, uh, you get thrown a situation, you deal with it, you know, you, you tuck and roll. And uh, Anyway, I want to uh, go through your journey through uh, through music. So what, what can you tell me your earliest musical recollection? Yeah, I think the first time that I, I, I knew that I had something, you know, maybe at least more than other kids, was I had a music class and I, I went to a, a school that was more academic than, than artsy for sure. And so our music program was pretty jokey. And one day in music class, the teacher brought us like a bunch of little knickknacks to, to play around with. Like we all had recorders, you know, those cheap plastic flutes. Like sure, sure, sure. For, was, was getting recorders, you know? So, um, so one of the things was just like percussive instruments. And it, I just got the sense that I had a better sense of percussion in terms of playing off time, like the teacher played some music and I was just like goofing off with a percussive thing. It's not like I was some sort of genius or anything, but I had this sense of knowing how to play off music that the other kids didn't seem to have. I was 11. So um, I think that's my earliest uh, musical uh, story. And then I just, ever since then, sort of remember that every now and again, like, yeah, I think I can do this. And it was, um, I think, part of the self-motivation, uh, <clears throat> more like confidence of, Oh, I, I kind of have this this talent to be able to uh, see music in a particularly rhythmic way. Yeah, and uh, and that sort of fuels the the everything that happens. Now, now uh, the pad you grew up in, uh, what town was that? In San Francisco. Oh, all right, native. Those are rare too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like in Brooklyn, yeah. right? Like nobody's from Brooklyn yeah. in Brooklyn. <laughs> Anyway, is that right? Yeah, if you go there, yeah. Like, you know, I ain't from Pedro either. You know, you know, Sly Stone says something really great. He said, "It ain't where you're from; it's where you're at." <laughs> he was a yeah. DJ up there, yeah. You know, because you don't pick that shit, right? You might pick where you're going to be later. Anyway, this pad that you grew up in, was there any musical instruments, or were you like on the pots and pans and shit? No, it wasn't any musical instruments. I didn't get started in music till I was well into my adulthood. Really, I mean, I didn't like. I used to live in Japan. That's where I first um, learned about the hammered dulcimer. I saw some guy on the street busking. He was from the United States, and, and I stopped and, and listened to it. I've always liked classical music, and he was playing some classical pieces, and I really thought it was cool. And then I uh, I got his CD, and fast forward years later, I wanted to start my own band, and, and I could play drums and 
that that's what I could play and I wanted to do stuff myself. So I was like, I got to figure out what to do right now. Right, right. So, uh, where, where, where did you get your first drum set and how? Oh, how? So when, as soon as, so when I was in Japan, I was like, I, I moved on to play drums bad. Um, but I had to wait till I got back. I was going to college. So I had to wait till I got back. And as soon as I got back, I found myself a drum teacher and, uh, and I think he said, go down to Guitar Center and, you know, get this drum kit or whatever. And I, I got a Tama Rockstar. It was my first drum <laughs> kit. All right. Um, yeah. And it was all right. I mean, I think, you know, reading up on Tama Rockstars, people think those are okay for like, like mid-level, low mid-level drum kits. I think Dave Grohl yeah. was a Tama guy. Yeah, <laughs> are cool. They come up with something new and interesting every year, it seems. You know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, the other thing, well, I, the experience I got with drums over in Japan is Yamaha. They make schools. I know a lady who's a professional uh, studio side man, side lady recorder. And she learned right after, after out of high school, went to a Yamaha drum school. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense, right? If you're going to make the drums, why not make the schools to teach people? Yeah, I had no idea they had drum school. Being a drummer in Japan is a major trip. It's such a hurdle because there's no, there's so little personal space there. That's right. So most drummers in bands, unless you're like a giant star and have like a huge space, most drummers in bands don't even own their own drum kits. They just own a snare. Right, because and they just do. Uh, the, yeah. the, the the kits stay in the live houses, right? And everybody uses it. it yeah, and so they just they, they they practice by going to um, studios that have their own stuff. And they just pay by the hour. They don't even have their own lockout. Right, um, right. So yeah, so as as you were saying, the flip side of, of, of that like hurdle is that all the live places, all the the live houses, have amazing backlines. Oh yeah, yeah, and great PA systems. Yeah, like the drum kits, they have no cymbals. The cymbals are all those tip-top shape, and they're solid. They're good, and all the amps are good. Yeah. Well, they get this whole idea of staff, right? So staff is making sure everything is fucking tits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a l- little different than over here. <laughs> it is a little different. Like, Europe isn't quite as good as Japan, but it's pretty good. And it's, like, distant third. And I haven't toured in South America or, like, mainland Asia. But, um... <laughs> I guess it could get worse than here, but... Uh, well, the thing I noticed about here is, like, the, the thing about shared equipment. A lot of motherfuckers are not into that. Oh, they aren't. Yeah, man. I mean, I don't know if, if, if you played in Europe in, in your journeys, um, but you know that, like, local shows, is they figure out who's bringing the drum kit, and everyone plays on that kit. Absolutely. Absolutely. In the England, they call them breakables, right? Your, your symbols... They call them breakables. Yeah, yeah. You bring you bring your own breakables because that's what I think is going to be a problem. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So so anyway, so you get a drum teacher, you get a drum kit from the uh, shit hard center, and then yeah, uh, what you go to town? Uh, do you try to teach yourself off records too, or is it all from this teacher? Is he like a sensei? Well, uh, a, a little bit. The first teacher I had, he was kind of like a pocket drummer. Like that was his, that was his uh, focus. And he tried to get me to learn how to read, you know, like read drum notation. <clears throat> and I guess it was kind of cool for a second. But I think it really helped a lot. You know, I, I used it. It's not a useful thing for what I do. But um, it, it, it was a useful, getting lessons was really just getting the basics of, 
you know, hit this and this at the same time and do this and this. And just learning how to do these basic things really saved me a lot of time. Um, now, what about... And I think I've had... Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Please go ahead. No, I, I was wondering about, because obviously you're a composer. Did you start composing yeah. on the drums early? Yeah, I did. It's drums, for the most part, for almost all the records that I've done. In fact, all the records that have been published... Um, drums are like storyboards for botanist. It's kind of like, you know, how when someone makes a movie or a, or a comic book or whatever, they first they basically storyboard it out to figure out, like, this is how the scene's going to go. Right. Um, so they can get their ideas for shots and whatever. So that's what botanist does with drums. Like, the, the most of the songs are laid out rhythmically, um, whether it's, like, at first it was, like, on the first couple records, it was semi-string of comic consciousness on the, the record with the short songs but even now the, the songs are like 15 minutes on some of them or even longer it's all planned out like on the board like it's going to go part a and then part b and then part c and then whatever you know sure sure and then we write the music we write the music for that right okay okay because i'm trying you know i've been having this argument or whatever discussion with people about you know because chico hamilton in the 60s tried to get songwriting credit and they said drummers can't get songwriting credit yeah, isn't that bullshit? Total bullshit. And I'll tell you one fuck up the Minuteman <laughs> did. We should have never had George Hurley in the back. He should have been downstage right in front of everybody. That was a big mistake. Nowadays, I always have my drummers <laughs> up front, you know. No, because think about it, especially this kind of music, rhythm music. To put the drummer in the back and call him retarded is such a denial. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you a little story. I don't know if you've heard of that band A Minor Forest. It was um kind of a... Uh, it was a trio instrumental that was big in the 90s and the, the guy that released the first botanist that his label was um was he was from a minor force on tumult label anyway so when botanist first started i was inspired by that band because what they would do is so they were a trio bass drums guitar and he was the drummer and he would face the wrong way and be <laughs> in the front of the stage <laughs> because the idea was watching the drummer is some of the most interesting thing to do in, uh, in terms of a live context because there's all the dynamics. Absolutely. You watch him hit stuff. And so why would you put him in the back and have him face forward? Yeah, he I know. Shit? George Hurley told me drums is like balancing on your tailbone while all your limbs are fucking going for it. Yeah. And he told so me. So when I first started playing, yeah, yeah go ahead. Keep, telling, keep going, Mike. Okay. He used the metaphor of the totem pole. Especially if he didn't take a dump before the gig. He said it would be ramming inside you. And then also the face, and it was a dually. There was a, because the faces on the totem pole look kind of like you. So <laughs> that's why we call that one record Live Totem Pole. It was all about Georgie's <laughs> metaphor for being a drummer. But you're right. I mean, it's incredible. And then the trap kit, right? It's actually abbreviation for the word contraption. It's only like 100 years old, right? Yeah, the right. evolution is really interesting so let's get back to your journey uh, well no no I want to play uh, <laughs> erythanonium <laughs> I think
barbecue Like a wolf Smells blood In the snow I don't need to see your footsteps I know the places that you go Well, I know I know the places that you go I don't want to talk on this telephone You pick the time, you pick the place So when you lie to me You can do it to my face I know Know the places that you go
silent, vacant street With a hollow hope I'll find you walking there Sit in these bars And throw prayers at the stars You echo everywhere Well, I know I know the places that you go Well, I know I was a man made of shadow.
Why for Pedro Show? They started that chunk of music from Botanus with Rithoronium. <laughs> then the Orthotonics with Tuesday. Hey, it's Tuesday, right? Lollipop Simmer Down from Kim Cooper Complex. Trath and uh, Serendar from Bomas Prendon. Um, T. 1TZ1PPER5 from Agnes Stett, Austin. Wolf from the Numbers Band. That was big in the Akron, I think of the Pretender Singers Brothers, Saxman uh, from old days. A Hot Change, brand new. Ah, no, it's a couple years. That's right. These young guys from, uh, uh, they say Darby, but it's spelled Derby. Weird Feelings from Dublin with the Truth. And finally, Deanthus from Botanist. So from you getting that drum set and starting to learn to the Botanist yeah. Prodge, were you, in between was there uh, other bands? Yeah, there were. Um, so that that rock star, that time a rock star kid told you about, I kind of went through my first maybe couple prime years. So we're talking about you know like let's get together and record our stuff on on a hand tape recorder. It was pretty you know pretty garage project uh, level um i got the drum kits or whatever but like i had other projects and it was really because those weren't really going anywhere or anywhere to where to the level of the ambition that i had that i started botanist okay and botanist was like this is going to be a man alone project yeah exactly and that's why i had to figure out real fast what else i could do other than drums you know uh, and that's why i found that all that elsewhere you know, uh, Stevie Wonder made a couple records where he's the only guy. Prince did it. Dave Grohl did it. And they all started with the drums, right? Then they added on other yeah. stuff. Well, yeah. Well, 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 what's your process? Well, you know, like I was saying, it, it seems to be the, the, the thing that's real comfortable for me is to write a bunch of drums, um, arrange them, record them, and then come back later and listen to what I have and then start writing music to that. Um, and it tends to go dulcimer first, although not always, but the most comfortable thing is dulcimer first, write all those parts, come up with all the harmonies, all the complementary parts, then lay down whatever bass thing there is that I'm choosing, either it's a bass guitar or I use a bass dulcimer or you know something like that. And then I key some sort of keyboard element, like either it's the harmonium or an actual keyboard, yeah. and then write all the vocals. And like even the lyrics, like I just write a bunch of lyrics and then I start figuring out what lyrics will fit to what song, almost always. Um, and then just write the parts, the syntax, and now that I'm getting more and more into melodic singing and, and harmonizing with myself, um, sure. there's, that just gets written like uh, last, that's the last part. And it, and it takes the longest actually, because I'm not a very good singer, so I have to do a lot of takes. Oh, no, I, I like your voice, man. And with the dulcimer, uh, it's kind of percussive, right? You, you use the one with the little yeah. sticks, the little hammers and shit? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's right. That's what really works for my, my skill set is I'm good at hitting things on time. And so the dulcimer is a melodic instrument that you have to hit things on time with. Right, right. So it's a great both worlds, you know. And, 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 and do they have microphones or do you mic uh, 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 pickups or do you mic them? Yeah, well, they're pickups. So oh, they got I'm, pickups. Kind of a rebel, I'm kind of a revolutionary with the pickups in, a, in the dulcimer world, Mike. You want to hear about it? Yeah, bring. Yeah. So dulcimers had never had magnetic pickups on them before until I came along. Um, and I basically obligated by this manufacturer who makes my dulcimers in Virginia. He's like in his 80s. And like 
towards the end of his, you know, his career, he's like, oh, there's this weirdo who wants me to put magnetic pickups. How do I do that? So he found a company that um, makes pickups for pianos, like for um, uh, churches in Texas. Yeah. And they make these giant strips of pickups because you can imagine a pickup for a bass or a guitar would is for like six strings. And the dulcimer has like 110. So, <laughs> so you know, you're going to buy it's be thousands of dollars of pickups and like a logistically wiring nightmare to get all that shit, all, <laughs> you know, put together. It'd be awful. So, so this company in Texas has these pickups that just run the length of a piano. It's just a solid strip of magnet basically have metal. And so he, they cut them to size, they put them on the dulcimer, and now we have magnetic pickups. So we can actually go on stage and play because we wouldn't have been able to before. It would have been impossible. Right, Because of all right. the feedback problems. Right, right. Now, it, now uh, from the magnetic pickups, you go to amplifiers or do you go direct? Um, for, for on stage, we go to amps. But when we record, we go direct. Um, I found that it's easier to do direct and then reamp later. Okay, okay. And then and maybe, uh, and there's a difference between a bass desk dulcimer and a, you know, a regular, like, a mid-range. Yeah, that's also a thing. Like, the bass dulcimer didn't exist until I was like, hey, 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 you got to make me a bass dulcimer. Make me one, make me one. I'm like, okay, how do I do this? And it's 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 a beast. Like, it'll never play, be played live. It's just too big. We wouldn't be able to even take it on a plane. It wouldn't work. So, um but but I've used it on a couple records. Because we're, uh, <laughs> we're, we're we're talking about big big strings with a lot of tension, right? Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's very long. Uh, it's just this giant rectangle. <laughs> with these fat strings that are really long and lots of tension, and you know, like I, I don't know what what a private what this manufacturer who makes this stuff for me actually thinks if he rolls his eyes all the time, or I don't, I don't know what he thinks. But I know that people talk to him about it, like out of the blue, they're like, "Oh, you got you're the guy that makes the dulcimer for botanist." <laughs> now, how did you get that? He goes, how did you get the bass dulcimer into your pad? Oh, I just had it shipped. I mean, that was fine. That was no problem. But um. Oh. You can't take it on tour because it'll be too heavy to be allowed on the plane. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. And, and too long, probably, right? Yeah, it'll just, it's just, you know, you basically have to buy another plane ticket for it, I think, if that would even work. I don't know. <laughs> so we just keep it for a recording. Right? Yeah. It's easier to use a bass guitar mic, seriously. <laughs> so you must, have taught, you must have taught yourself bass guitar. The first time I ever played bass guitar was the first time I recorded bass guitar. Wow. I like that. Yeah, I never, I never even picked the damn thing up before. <laughs> Fuck, I like that. I like that. You know, it's like skateboard, right? You can't get theoretical. You got to get on top of the thing and ride it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, luckily, I mean, I know that you're a bass player, and and, and, and you know that that being a really good bass player takes a lot of skill and determination and dedication. But playing bass really, basically, you know, that bass has a really, it's really good like entry level difficulty. Yeah. Like, yeah. I can just go da 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 on the bass, you know, like, cool, I can do that. So, <laughs> yeah, but you know what? That can be a great foundation for a fucking happening tune. Mm -hmm. You know, there's one thing about the bass. Uh, the, more, the more you play, the smaller you get. Maybe that simple little pattern you just gave me would be a stronger thing for the situation. These, you, you can't really play them like guitars and violins, or they end up so fucking tiny in the mix. I think what do you mean by the smaller you get? Tell me more about that. Because the wavelengths are so big. So if you start cramming more notes in there, they start canceling out. 
yeah. So it's not. Can. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fine. When you write a base thing, it's like, make it simple. Like, Absolutely. you don't have to. I mean, I don't. Like, oh, God, I can't do that. Just make it simple. It'll be fine. Like, it is, and it is. You know? Well, it, it's, it's actually also being sensitive to the physics instead of trying to overthrow it with some fucking Yngwie Malstein concept. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> That's why somebody brand yeah, new to bass can write a great bass. Stanley Clark, I just read somewhere. Anybody can do a bass solo. It's really hard to write a good bass line. <laughs> Stanley Clark. Yeah, yeah. Look, we're at the end of the first hour. December 29, 2020 edition of Pedro Show. A special guest, Ultrabor. <laughs> Did I get that right? Ultrabor. Yeah. From, from the botanist <laughs> world. Hold tight for hour two. <laughs> December 29, 2020. It's the second hour of the Walk from Pedro show.
kiss your hand Alligator, well ain't that grand Alligator, he came to play Alligator, it's you who pay Alligator, look where it's led Alligator, he's in your bed Knocked on your door and brought you flowers He's gonna use his magic Powers told you he loves the dress you're wearing Look out your window, see him Catch a freight train Slide. 
loving feel for you, baby And I want the whole world to know I got a loving feeling for you, baby And I want the whole world to know Because when you kiss me, baby All my love begin to flow It's such a lovely feeling, baby When I see that smile on your face It's such a loving feeling, baby When I see that smile on your face Because what you send to me, baby No one else can ever take my place I'm gonna hold on to you, baby Hold on to you real tight I'm gonna hold on to you, baby Hold on to you real tight Because I love you, baby I love you with all my mind
Watch for Peter show start off the second hour with a Boreal Gallows, which is Mandragora 1. And in this hour here, I'm going to play four parts. And uh, Otrebero, uh, no, Otrebor, Otrebor, Otrebor is yeah. good. <laughs> there we go, Watt. Fucking, you know, the good thing about Alzheimer, you're always learning new names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Otrebor now is going to explain because this is a, like an opera, people. It's like a concept record. Go ahead. Was that for me, Mike? Yeah, you can take it. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to tell you about Mandragora? Is that yeah, that's right. right. All right. So it's a it's a concept record. So botanist is a concept band. It's basically about this botanist that loses his mind at seeing the destruction of the natural world at the hand of humanity. And he retreats into this natural world that he makes for himself and he hears voices. And whether he actually hears voices or he's just schizophrenic, I mean, like he hears real voices is kind of up to you to decide. But one of the voices is the voice of Azalea, which is like the Satan of the botanist uh, pantheon. And Azalea tells him what to do in order to help humanity along to destroy itself, because that's kind of the uh, ultimate goal of the botanist universe is humanity destroys itself um, and then the world can then become in perfect balance again and nature can take over again and become a utopia. Wow. So in this in this Mandragora record, Azalea explains to the botanist how to create mandrakes, which are like medieval, they come from the medieval times, like you've seen Harry Potter, they have them in Harry Potter. It's the things you pull out of the ground and they scream. Like the roots and pull out oh, the man, man. Uh, mandrakes. Yeah. Mandrake. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and they scream, and whoever hears the scream dies. Ooh. Is the legend how it goes. So there's an actual alchemical process to how to make mandrakes. I mean, whether it works or not, you have to see for yourself. It's very complicated. Um, it has to do with like getting semen from hanged people. <laughs> and like after it lands in the ground, and you gotta take the semen and you gotta put it in like bat's milk, and you gotta put the thing in, 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 a, in, a, in a crypt. For like a month so it's, it's not easy um so the botanist learns how to make all this stuff and he's going to raise an army of mandrakes in order to eradicate humanity so that's what the mandrake the mandragora suite is about jesus christ okay <laughs> let's tell them about the other songs <laughs> okay. uh, they're the sam bennett with alligator uh laden jars from cable complex airbnb this kim gordon from march live in paris Dr. Herman Green with I Really Love You, Baby. And then part two of the Madragora, Nightshade. I know Nightshade, it had another word, uh, Belladonna. Yeah, Belladonna is a kind of nightshade. Yeah, kind of a poison, right? Yeah, well, the Belladonna plant it has a lot of poison. And yeah, it's a very poisonous plant. But nightshades can be as boring as uh, tomatoes. <laughs> That's right, but they used to think tomatoes were poison, right? Uh, they may have, yeah. Some people may have. And I that. mean, in Europe, not Mexico. Of course, that's where they come from, and they've been eating <laughs> buttloads of years. But uh, and, and they're, that's why they're cousin of the chili. All the chilies come from Mexico too. That's yeah. a trip. Yeah, they got brought all, all, all around the world, but that's where they originated. And I heard for a while in Europe they were just using tomatoes for decoration because they thought it was some kind of yeah nightshade, some poison shit. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's get on to the. Uh, 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 number three part to amass an army. This is how to make mandrakes, right? Yeah, it is. Okay, let's bring it. 
Why for Pedro show? Okay. That chunk of music started with uh, Madrigora number three from Botanist to a mass and army. Then we had Giancarlo Badafaccio with uh, Cap. God damn. Capoth. Maybe he's trying to do Cyrillic with his. <laughs> I don't know. Pineapple Empress out of England with P Words Walk. Then uh, Snowball's Chance in Hell with Bread. Jolly new song from Troopa Troop out of Poland. The Process of Forgetting Number One from the new Harness Harnesians. Yeah, this is some whack stuff out of New England. Plus Dog Plus. Ship of Dreams Number Two. That's pretty insane, too. And then Nourishing the Fetus. Madrigora Four from Botanist. And that, that's four of the parts. And, you know, everybody knows uh, you, you being in Japan, four is she, and it's, you, you can't find a parking lot with number four in Japan, right? Because yeah, it's or, or the floor, floor number four. That's right. Floor. Because she yeah. means death, people. You know, our number 13, that's like their number four. But the trippy thing is they love eight. So two fours. Yeah, they, they do, yeah. Yeah, it's infinity. So, uh, so now, to get nature back in, uh, according to the, you know, the big uh, theme of this uh, opera, to nature to get back in control. What about what is nourishing the fetus? I thought they wanted to wipe man out. Oh well, that's the fetus. <clears throat> that is the the little concoction that you make in order to birth the mandrake. Ah, oh, oh, it's pre. It's a mandrake fetus, right? right. Okay. The, the semen and the whatever it is, you know. Look it up. I don't remember it off the top of my head. It's been seven years since I wrote that record. So okay, okay. But the the mandrake root, I remember from Middle Ages. It kind of looks like a human. It's got kind of arm, leg. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that that's a trip. Okay, but the 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 plant world's using this to fucking get back on top. Amazing. Mm -hmm. So what what. Well, brainstorm. How'd you get this? You know, how did I get that? I probably, you know, I mean, I, lots of people are interested in, in myths of like old myths of plants, of plant stuff. Like I wrote a record that hasn't been published yet. That's all about um, myths of, of animals as like plant animals, things or uh, plants that have some sort of animal connection. Um, and you look into like these incredible things like the, the vegetable lamb of Tartary. It's like people thought that there was a lamb that grew out of a plant and the lamb would eat all the grass around it and then it would die when the grass ran out. And it's an actual plant and it doesn't look anything like a lamb. Like it's kind of furry. <clears throat> People's like imaginations would go wild. Like you'd see these old drawings of giraffes before anyone had ever seen a giraffe because the person that drew it never actually saw one because he met someone who had seen one and that person told him what a giraffe looked like. And based on his interpretation, he drew a giraffe. And that became like the official drawing of a giraffe. Yeah, um, I've heard about that. Same thing happened with elephants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they didn't know what they fucking looked like. They just heard about them. So some of them were like giant horses with big noses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fucked up. Yeah. So, so, so was this, 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 uh, whatever, big piece, was this the first botanist piece? No, um, that's, so that's record number four. That's total record number four in chronological order that I wrote everything in. And okay. also it was the fourth one that came out um, chronologically. Because, so the first, and then they're all Roman numerals. So. Yeah, because I'm kind of new to botanists, so I didn't know what, where things fit in the timeline. Uh-huh. And, you know. Yeah, the first I, one came out in 2011, and that one came out in 2014, the one that you're playing pieces off, I think. Okay, okay. And uh, 
Uh, yeah. I'm, have you ever have you ever done just singles? You know, one songs. Are they always part of a big piece? Uh oh. Well, I mean, individual songs on yeah. records. But you mean like like a traditional single, like a one song release? Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. Or 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 records that are just collection of songs. Oh sure, yeah. I think the one that you played, Cinnamon of Parthenoxalon, or yeah, I think you yeah. played Erythronium on the show. That's there's not a big concept on that one. That record is just all about flowers. Oh, that's, okay. That's why it's called Flora. Yeah. The only thing that unites them is the idea that they're all flowers. Yeah, I didn't want to get too deep on that one. I just wanted to write a record about flowers and plants. Okay, okay. You know, it's but still staying in the botanist world, right? It is, yeah. It's all told from the botanist perspective. Yeah, that, that makes great, great, great sense. Well, uh, people, we're at the end of the second hour, December 29, 2020 edition. Peter, show special guest. <laughs> Here we go again. Ultra bore. Hold tight for hour three. December 29, 2020. It's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro show. <laughs>
Inspired by her golden hair Two strangers parted by the seas Two friends with separate destinies The little time they spent alone Was like the dream that found its home But like the river at its bed He knew the dream would have to end Goodbye, Marie, goodbye A smile and a sigh Goodbye, Marie, goodbye Perhaps we'll meet again Then they will be our friend When you look back someday and see A fair yet faded memory My star shall touch your golden sky Goodbye, Marie, goodbye A smile and a sigh Goodbye, Marie, goodbye Perhaps we'll meet again Then fate will be our friend So goodbye And so it came a little busy loop The Jesus and Godlewabby Fell from the heavenly boat And made up a made-do With the fanfare of the common mandible Deep joy? Not so much. But what gives, man? What gives?
Watt for Pedro show. We start off the third hour with what something Watt thought was new, but he spaced out. He played the new stuff actually two months ago when it was new. But uh, Ultra Bar is going to uh, fill us in on everything. So so it was uh, CEO from Botanist, then Crane and Jim Rognowski with Goodbye, Marie, and uh, Mitt Douche from South London with Jesus and God, Hamilton on trial with Blessed, Itchio, Inferno, No Corridor, uh, History of Pataphysics from Eom, and finally, Transcendent, Transcendentia Politia, Politia, Polita, Payita, I don't know. Fuck, help me. <laughs> you, you're, 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 I think I think it's Transcendentia Palita, if I remember correctly. Oh, okay. Because usually in Spanish, if there's two L's, right, it's a Y. But maybe it ain't Spanish. <laughs> who, who knows if it's, if it's Spanish or not? I don't know. It's probably some kind of Latin. You're right. Yeah, It's definitely Latin. Yeah. Right? Because Greek and Latin words seem to be like the science world. That's right. So, so fill us in on these concepts. Well, I think that was... That was a split record that I did with a band called Palace of Worms, also on Flenser. Um, and I don't think there was any real concept. I just picked some plants that were cool, um, like uh, uh, like Sines the Senesia one is. Um, if you ever seen those plants that they drape over into like little uh, strings of pearls, but they're green? Yeah, that's what a Senesia is. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Has there been a botanist song that ain't about plants? Uh, there's one about butterflies. Okay. Um, <laughs> Which are very important, there's right? A, They're eaters and yeah, banners. There's a record that we put out in 2017 called uh, The Shape of He to Come that was recorded. It was the first record that botanist made as a band. So there's a, there are live people in the band, obviously. When we tour, we have other people other than me playing instruments. Um, so I wanted to make records in botanists with people who are part of band. We, we do that. That's what the, the latest one that came out this year that you played a couple months ago. Right. It's, it's a band that made that. So that record. So all, all you did on that people. on that record, all you did was the drums. Uh, no. So on the, the one that just came out. Yeah. Uh, I did the vocals, the dulcimers, and the keyboards, and uh, what was left was uh, drums and bass for somebody else. Ah, so you bring another drummer on tour. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, at first, I was the, the, the live drummer through 2015 or 16. And then we just had a big shift of personnel. And you, you can imagine, like, you know, Mike, how, how, basically how hard it is to find a drummer. Oh, yeah, big time. Well, it's like five times harder to find a dulcimer. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> and, I, and especially for some wackadoodle like metal band, you know. So, right, right. So I'm basically the only person that's going to play dulcimer. So we just got to drum it. Okay, okay. <laughs> but you hear that people? You hear that people out there? If you're looking to get the music, and you want to get the feel where there ain't a lot of competition. Pick up the fucking dulcimer. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give away my secret. <laughs> okay, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So, so, See, so what? That really suck. That's 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 why you know that's how you do it. You know. <laughs> right, right. So, so <laughs> this this tune Tillan Tillan Tillansia. Yeah. As I butcher your fucking song titles, goddamn. What tell us about this one. I'm gonna play this one next. Okay, so if my memory serves correctly, Talancia is what's called Spanish moss. Oh yeah, that's Spanish. kind of 
we see it on tour. It, it looks like beards in the trees. Yeah, and if you look at the cover art of the, of the record, there's like an old man on the front, and he's yeah. got a beard, and that's like what it's supposed to reflect. So I basically gave it to the artist, like, look, this is what the songs are about. Just do whatever you want. Okay. And so he got the man, you got the beard, and you got the snake, because there's, <laughs> there's references to snakes and bats, and right. there's like mice that live in these things, and so that's all on the front. You know, there's a, a version of that from Japan that we got called Kutsu. It's really big in the oh, South. Yeah. Man, it just covers everything, right? It's like a carpet. But the Spanish moth travels between the trees like beards. Yeah, it's really weird. Strange. Anyway, yeah, let, let, let's let's play it. Let's play it.
Watch for Pedro That's Show. Yeah. Last music for this edition. Uh, Talanzia from Botanist and Mike Cooper, Miniature 6, Coincident 25, which is Fez meets FBZ version 2 from Groove Crater. <laughs> That's Brother Phil up, fucking mammoth, big bear. Uh, keeping himself busy with music and being creative. And then finally, cool. for Botanist, <laughs> right? Spanish Moss. Ryan Spanish Moss. Man, the scientific word one is just a fuck lame at this shit. Raikon Kalia Glauca <laughs> from Bond. Oh, so, look, how can people find you on the internet? Well, luckily now we're pretty much everywhere. Uh, I finally got the memo some time ago that I got to be on Spotify. So, either the, the labels that I'm on who are like professional will get the, the music on Spotify, or I finally got my act together and got all the records on Spotify that weren't on labels. So, it's on Spotify, it's on Apple Music, it's on iTunes, it's on anything you can think of. We all find botanists. But is there a and, botanist website? Oh, yeah, botanist.nu. That's N like Nancy, U like United. You hear um, that, people? That's important because he's probably got links to all those other commercial things. What about Bandcamp? Yeah. There's Bandcamp. I, I've seen Botanist yeah. on Bandcamp. Yeah, Bandcamp is the best place to support bands. Absolutely. No I agree with you. I agree with you. But it's kind of cool to have your own website. That's like having your own fanzine, right? Nobody's in the middle. No. <laughs> That's right. No pop-ups. Right, no pop-ups. <laughs> Shit like that. And, man, you being a drummer that ended up a composer and a band leader, I mean, that's like me finding out about Richard Hell, where a bass player could run a band. I, I did. I thought that's where you put your retarded friend. What, what advice? <laughs> you know, like right field and little league. You know, nobody's going to hit the ball yeah, out yeah. there. But yeah. what, what, what? What is your advice to to, to get into music? Uh, if you're going to be a drummer and and you just don't want to be a side mouse. Yeah. What would be your well, advice? You can, start, uh, you can start composing songs to drums. I mean. Seriously, you can just be like, yo, I got these drum tracks. They're, they're, they're to a click or they're tight. They're, they're edited. They're ready to go. Could you want to write um, music to it? And the funny thing is, it's really weird to discover how few musicians who aren't drummers can't write, can't compose to drum tracks. And I don't know why that is, but that's how it goes. Now, you, we're, we're talking people like on the drums, you write a chorus, you write an intro, you write a verse, you write a... a a bridge, you can do all that shit on the drums, but you're right. The of other guy's got to learn how to fucking follow and learn. Yeah. Okay. It, there is no hierarchy in music. There's just different people doing different jobs to make one piece. And that's you know, right. yeah. Okay. I, I'm I'm glad you're on board with that. That's that's so bitching, and that's one of the great things about getting to talk to a cat in a band because you, all I know is the sounds coming out of the speakers. And I'm digging it, but I am also curious, how's this getting done? Yeah. yeah. So, so I want to thank you, uh, Over Bar. Over Bar, I want to thank you so much for fucking opening my fucking mind up like that. Yeah, and, yeah. and also, hopefully, the listeners. You understand? Yeah. Uh, this, yeah. the people, me being a bass man, him being a drummer man. It's not like cart before the horse. It's just another way of fucking building a piece. It is. Yeah. Hey, that's that's the secret. You know, I'm going to give away another one of my secrets. I gave away the one that, that you can suck and find something no one else can, has done before and then you like corner the market. 
is the other thing the secret is you just figure out what other people aren't doing and you do that <laughs> <laughs> like writing the songs so-called ass backwards you know those people generally aren't doing that so you should do that <laughs> that's the, the old contrary technique. <laughs> oh, man. It's been a big honor to have you on the show, really, truly. Oh. Thanks. Thanks a lot. That's awesome. Atra Bar. <laughs> big time. When you get a, a new release out, come back on the show. Let's fucking talk about it. I'm, Will do. I'm Thank curious. You, it's crazy. That's awesome. Okay. People, it's been right. December 29, 2020 edition. Why, Pedro, should keep your powder dry.